This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Ha-cha! Hey guys, Jeff Corwin here from Ocean Mysteries. You're listening to the Two-Headed Nerds with Matt and Joe. Or Joe and Matt. Uh, broadcasting from the cigarette at Omaha, deep below the metro area. It is my pleasure to welcome you to episode 160 it's like a special collector's episode of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, April 30th. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not feeling abandoned and betrayed because Joe Patrick went to see Amazing Spider-Man 2 without me, I'm writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorthPoint.com. You were invited. Uh-huh. We invited you and you said, I have to work. I was invited. You were not invited. Read your intro, sir. <laughs> And I'm Joe Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not inviting my co-host to see comic book movies to make myself feel a little more important, I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of the upcoming hit web comic series. You've heard of it. The Untold Tales of the Two-Headed Nerd. You're never going to see it, though. I'm nobody taking this got, to my grave. Nobody got uninvited. In you this, said, I have to work. In this week's episode, you'll hear reviews of Southern Bastards, number one, and The Amazing Spider-Man, number one. There's a little movie that came out this week, too. I don't know if you heard about it or Some not. Some of us have seen it. Rub it in, you Southern Bastard. After that, we'll review ten more of this week's new comics faster than our bid for the Los Angeles Clippers can get rejected during the ludicrous speed round. I got five bucks. Then we'll retire to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where... We'll be having a meeting with Matt Murdock and the She-Hulk to discuss our options after a leaked audio tape enraged the LARPing community. And, of course, we'll talk about what we're reading next week, too. I wonder if She-Hulk will show me her legal briefs. Okay. Finally, we'll stop by Legend Comics and Coffee to check out their free comic book day celebration. But... Before we dig out all our old Rob Ford jokes one more time, let's warm up the margarita machine and ready the fireworks display because it's free comic book day weekend! And then we'll talk about this week's big news! A lot of screaming. You don't have to scream your own caps. I know, but I wrote them and I'm just trying to follow the rules. We got big news! Details about the highly anticipated Star Wars sequels are finally starting to materialize. This week, Lucasfilm announced the primary cast for Episode 7 on StarWars.com. Several members of the now-legendary original cast will reprise their roles as rumored, including Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker. As for the new blood, Lucasfilm confirmed the casting of Adam Driver from HBO's Girls, who is long rumored to be the villain of the film. I can't see that at all. Attack <laughs> Attack the Block star John Boyega, motion capture superstar Andy Serkis, Domhnall Gleeson. Love his work. Star of In Time and an occasional Weasley sibling in the Harry Potter franchise. I saw In Time. It sucked. Don't listen to my wife. She loved it. No, In Time is a good movie. Are you kidding me? Yes. Pitch Perfect and In Time? Yes. You are a girl. Do you know that? In Time is a good movie. It's <laughs> oh, made by the God. people that made Love Actually. It was so sweet and sappy and ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Matt Bomb. Oh. Afraid to feel. Inside Lewin Davis star Oscar Isaac. Like him. Film newcomer Daisy Ridley. Don't know her. Nope. And nobody knows her. And Ming the Merciless himself, Max von Sydow. Love it. Later reports suggest that another secret female lead role remains unannounced. Rihanna. Mara Jade. <laughs> Rihanna, yeah, Rihanna is Mara, is Mara Jade. Jade. <laughs> Perfect. She was great in Battleship. <laughs> and no information about the roles the new cast will be playing was announced. Director J.J. Abrams spoke about the casting in the announcement saying, quote, We are so excited to finally share the cast of Star Wars Episode Seven. It's both thrilling and surreal to watch the beloved original cast and these brilliant new performers come together to bring this world to life once again. We start shooting in a couple of weeks, and everyone is doing their best to make the fans proud. End quote. Good job. You're welcome. Good job. Star Wars Episode Seven is scheduled for a December 2015 release. Matt Bomb, any surprises in this cast list for you? I mean, I don't know. I like a lot of these actors. I don't know a couple of them very well. I guess I'm more comfortable with a list of people that are kind of fringy. You know what I mean? As opposed to like Ryan Reynolds and, you know, like Channing Tatum. I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Ryan Gosling is. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Right. But at the same time, it's 
I mean, it's hard to get real excited about it as well. This is all still pretty mysterious. I like, for me, I like that they are seemingly having that bridge. They're not just coming out with a new movie and going, the old people are gone. Here's the new people. It's Star Wars. Go. Right. They're saying, here are the old people. Time has passed, obviously. And then here is the new cast. Harrison Ford is way drunker than he used to be. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I kind of, I I like the tack that they seem to be taking. But like you said, we don't know anything about the story. It's still very mysterious. So it's hard to get freaked out about this. All I can really say is I like a lot of those names. Yeah, I mean, this. uh, some of them I think are kind of surprising in the sense that like, I never saw Attack of the Block, so I don't know anything about John it was, Boyega. It was great. But I don't Keith know. Reiner loves him. I don't know which one is John Boyega, but I do know it was a great movie and I really liked it. If I'd seen the movie, I'd be able to tell you his name. So I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's cool. I got gotcha. you. Okay. In other Hollywood news, Seafy has announced that they have Sci-fi. a whopping four comic book properties in development for television. Jonathan Hickman's time traveling religious military conspiracy comic. Whoo, that is a genre. <laughs> Pax Romana from Image. Clone from Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint. Charles Soule's political sci-fi series Letter 44. And Frank Miller's futuristic samurai epic Ronin. <laughs> now that was like pre-Dark Knight, Frank Miller. So. I know, I know, I know. Which was originally published by DC in the early 80s. I read it. Like 1983. Yeah. There's no word of when these shows will see air, but it's a safe bet that we'll learn more as we get closer to the upcoming TV season. Joe, it doesn't look like Hollywood's fascination with comics is fading anytime soon. What do you think about titles like this making the jump to the small screen, specifically on sci-fi, where things can either go really, really good or boa versus bigger boa bat. <laughs> Mega shark versus giant octopus. Manchovy. <laughs> oh man, where's Mansquito versus Manchovy? You know, I think that sci-fi's scripted dramas, you know, I think that sci-fi's scripted dramas tend to be really, really good. Yeah, they've done great stuff. Battlestar Galactica, uh, Warehouse I love 13. Eureka and Warehouse Eureka. 13. These are really good shows. And some of those guys are working on these shows. Plus, you've got Hickman, executive producing his thing. Yeah. Charles Soule, I'm sure, is involved in, in, in uh, Letter 44. Frank Miller, I don't know if he even knows what sci-fi is. Yeah. What the sci-fi network is. I don't know if the, he even knows it's been optioned. You know, he probably just got a check and was like, all right, let's get drunk. Frank Miller is <laughs> not British. I know, but he talks like it sometimes. <laughs> I love that they're all non-traditional, non-superhero. You know, that's kind of been the trend. It's like yeah. Daredevil and Constantine and and Gotham. Well, and this, all of those, everything we just listed, maybe Ronan aside, but the other three that we listed completely lend themselves to a television series. I wouldn't want to see something like Pax Romana done as a movie. Ronan, I think, is going to be a miniseries. Like, so they're going to do it. Would probably be It a was miniseries. a mini, and they're going to do it in the style of a miniseries. I got to wonder how how weird it's going to be because man, know. that book is bizarre, but I think totally bizarre. Now I like Ronan. Mm. I enjoyed it, but I just don't know how you bring that to the, any screen. Yeah. I don't know, but this is cool. This I, is really cool. I think letter 44 is like perfectly suited. Oh yeah. For television. Absolutely. And I think sci-fi is onto something here going for the smaller properties that could become sleeper hits. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it, it's just a great idea. And if they, if that's what sci-fi becomes, Images TV station, I'm fine with that, man. I, I think it's great. I just hope they stay as close to the original stuff as absolutely possible. Well, some of it's going to have to change, like because Pax Romana was a miniseries. And right. So if it's going to be an ongoing drama... They're going to have to take some liberties like The Walking Dead takes some liberties. Sure. And that's uh, that's fine. And as long as Hickman is the one helping them take those liberties, fine with it. Right. Much like Robert Kirkman is the one taking liberties on Walking Dead. Sure. Absolutely. And I, th- I don't think they're stupid either. They th- I think they've seen the success of The Walking Dead and they realize the closer we stay to the creator's vision, the better we're going to do with this. I totally agree. And I think that all four of these sound like exciting shows to check out. Mm-hmm. And- Hopefully, so we get a little bit more BSG and a little bit less... Boa versus Bigger Boa. Boa versus Bigger Boa. <laughs> Boa versus Bigger Boa, right. <laughs> Finally, fire up the atomic batteries and wax your bat pole. 
DC Comics has declared that Wednesday, July 23rd, will be Batman Day. In addition to some promotional materials celebrating the character's 75th anniversary, participating retailers will receive free copies of a special edition Detective Comics number 27. The free comic will feature a reimagined version of Batman's origin designed by Chip Kidd. Love Chip Kidd. And scripted by Brad Meltzer. Love Brad Meltzer. The publisher will team with Random House. Love sp- Random House. <laughs> <laughs> to Sorry, I'm a big Random House a, guy. <laughs> to spread the news about the event to libraries nationwide and other details will be announced as Batman Day draws closer. Now, Matt, I'm happy to see a major publisher taking an interest in promoting comics outside of the direct market, but don't you think they got it wrong? According to the New 52, all of these characters first appeared in Justice League number one, 2011. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know what they're talking about. I mean, what is this Detective Comics that they mention? I, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I just read Detective Comics 27 and nothing like this happened. Right. No, this is cool. And I like that they are, you know, like Random House is getting in on it. It does kind of seem like another attempt to get into bookstores with their stuff. But, I mean, whatever. Fine. But, uh, the, and, and that's libraries, cool. Libraries, Matt. I know, I know. Libraries. And that's great. Um, the libraries need help. Obviously, libraries have been in trouble for a while now. More trouble than comic book stores, even. And this is a good thing. It just does come off a little hollow, seeing as DC, like we were just joking, has kind of crapped all over their old continuity. No, <laughs> you know? I mean, no, that's a joke. I mean, that is a I joke. Know. But, but it's there. You can't admit that that feeling's not there. Like well, It's true. You know. It's true. But I choose to look on the positive. I think that it's nice that they are kind of celebrating this milestone and that they're trying to get the word out, not just to comic stores, but outside of comic book stores. Right. And that's kind of what retailers have been complaining about for years and years and years is that you want us to work so hard to promote this product, yet at every turn you will do everything you can to put it in the hands of our competition right. or make it harder for us to promote. Why don't you help us promote your own stuff? Yeah. And anytime that a company steps up and says, we're going to advertise whatever in the national media, we're going to go out to libraries and, and promote comics. This is awesome. Like Stan Lee getting on, Ondo, whatever it was he was on, promoting free comic book day. Amazing. Like, I love all of that stuff. What was he on? Uh, there was a video of Stan Lee promoting free comic book day. I don't remember w- what the context was, if it was just on YouTube or a website or what. Oh, but okay. um, LeVar Burton promoted free comic book day on Reading Rainbow. Like, that sort of stuff is great. Yeah. And so anytime one of the big two especially says, you know what? Comics need a wider audience. Let's do something about it. It's a good thing. There's no illusions here. They're getting something out of the deal. People, I'm sure they hope people are going to flock to their store or a Barnes and Noble or not necessarily a comic book store, but somewhere. Whatever. And buy a Batman book. But anything that gets more comics in the hands of more people is a 100% positive thing. Good job, DC. Right on. For a change. (laughs) That is the big news for this week. If you like to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up at the THN forums where Joe and I can often be found waxing our own bat poles while reminiscing about our favorite Batman memories of days past now wiped from continuity. I feel every one of those 75 years. I do too, right? Away on me. Every Friday, the freshly waxed Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in our THN web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at twoheadednerd.com. Joe... Why don't you tell them about the question of the week, which might sound a little familiar. Yeah, no doubt about it. This week's question is last week's question. What is your favorite pair of fictional besties? It can be dudes. It can be ladies. Besties. The sky's the limit. Yep. It could be animals. I don't even care. We didn't have a chance to do the show last week because of extenuating circumstances. We're going to get to it this week, which just means you have more time to call us. That's right. You can call and try to leave a message on Skype using our handle, two-headed-nerd, all one word, or call the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894, but keep it under three minutes. 
I just realized you said ex- extenuating. <laughs> extenuating. Keep it under three minutes or you'll get cut off. Or you can send us an MP3. That goes to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But again, please remember that there are other people calling in. So keep it short. Keep it to one answer only. And let's share the airwaves, babies. Yeah. If you need more time than that, feel free to write to your heart's content in the question of the week section of the THN web forums. You'll hear us talking about it a whole lot. All kinds of cool shit going on there. It's review time on THN where Joe and I get so drunk, there's no way we could have known we're smoking crack and reviewing two of this week's new comics. Joe, if you can still make any sense at all, tell the kids about what you read this week. That was Rob Ford's excuse. For yeah, right. I was so drunk I didn't know I was smoking crack. <laughs> Which I just love. That's my favorite excuse for anything. You can't get mad at me for that. You know how drunk I was? <laughs> <laughs> This week, I'm reviewing Southern Bastards number one from Image Comics, written by Jason Aaron and with art and color by Jason Latour. He's so good. He is. I love him. We're going to talk about that. Here's your solicit. Welcome to Crawl County, Alabama. Yeah! Home of Boss Barbecue, the state champion running Rebs football team. Go Rebs! And more bastards than you've ever seen. Go bastards! When you're an angry old man like Earl Tubb, the only way to survive a place like this is to carry a really big stick. Damn right. From the acclaimed team of Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. You even yelled at the character. The same good. bastards who brought you Scout and Wolverine, Japan's most wanted. <laughs> What? I don't know. Comes a southern fried crime series that's like Dukes of Hazard meets the Coen Brothers on meth. Well, she I think I slipped a little bit into Harry Carey. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> now, Jason Aaron returns to his gritty roots here with the first issue of Southern Bastards, a book that reads like Walking Tall, crossed with Justified and a less supernatural preacher. Earl Tubb has returned to his childhood home after 40 years away, only to find it just as ugly as he remembers. I just want to go on record right here saying, I really enjoyed Walking Tall. Hey, that's fine. It was a great movie. Hey. (laughs) Aaron and Latour present a caricatured version of the South that is almost certainly exaggerated, but that carries a feeling of authenticity that reminds you that sometimes stereotypes can be true. The story moves at a breakneck pace, throwing Earl back into a life, into his father's life, really. That he wanted nothing more than to leave behind. All the while, smash cut flashbacks of his past with Crawl County, filling just enough details of his history to get you hooked. The art and coloring by Jason Latour is brilliant. Every character is at least a little gnarled, underlining the ugly nature of the people that choose to live in such an ugly place. But make no mistake, Aaron and Latour aren't saying that the South itself is ugly, but that Craw County has been tainted. Just the people from the South. (laughs) But that Craw County has been tainted by the corruption that's taken root there. I loved this, and I can't wait for more of it. The Jasons are firing on all cylinders with Southern Bastards. Huge buy it from me. Me too. I love that both these guys are named Jason. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Jason and Jason kicking ass on Southern Bastards. I'm a big fan of all the stuff that they was in the solicit as far as like we said, walking tall. You mentioned walking tall, justified, the Dukes of Hazard, like all these things. And this is very much scalped in the South. Yeah. And it's going to be dirty. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be fun. Jason Latour is so good at his job. I can, and not to mention that, great writer too. Yeah, he is a great Really writer. good writer too. The guy's a double threat. Huge buy from me as well. There you go. Matt, why don't you tell us a little something about the amazing Spider-Man? Whew. There's Ma- a movie out, you know. There is a little movie out. I was invited to see it on Thursday. <laughs> amazing Spider-Man number one comes from Marvel. It's still written by Dan Slott. It has art by Humberto Ramos and a whole bunch of other guys. Here's your solicit. The greatest superhero of all time returns! The world may have changed since Spidey's been gone, but so has Peter Parker. This is a man with a second chance at life, and he's not wasting a moment of it. Same Parker luck, new Parker attitude. Putting the, quote, friendly back in the neighborhood. The, quote, hero back into, quote, superhero. (laughs) And the, quote, amazing back into, quote, Spider-Man. Also returning the recharged and re-energized Electro! 
Jamie Foxx is in this comic? Jamie Foxx is not in this comic. Like it says in the solicit, Peter is back and Slot is pushing the funny Parker big time. Quote, maybe a little too hard. I like Peter's cheesy sense of humor and maybe it's just the shock of having him back in the book suddenly, but some of the humor seemed a little forced to me. Some of it was perfect. Don't get me wrong here. I laughed out loud. He makes a comment to the news about taking a major pee break and they all just sort of stare at him and he's like, Ooh, tough room. (laughs) (laughs) The story itself though, it felt a little hollow to me. We see Peter breaking up a robbery by the white rabbit and her menagerie who is stealing Fabergé eggs grown. And then a flashback to Peter dealing with the mess that Doc Ock has made of his life up until the point of this robbery. It wasn't until I got to the backup stories that I really noticed any forward momentum in the story. I fully expected Pete to have to deal with his new life, but it almost seems a little too graceful. I I need to see him tell someone what happened. I need to see him a little more panicked. I need to see him call Johnny Storm or Tony Stark or hell, Mary Jane, and tell them, look, I haven't been me. I've been, Doc Ock was trapped in my head doing all this other stuff. He needs to come clean with somebody. Well, they did the Mary Jane thing last in the, in Superior Spider-Man 31. Yeah, I, they did, but I need more. I, he just seemed to. No, be, I agree. I, I, I agree. It seemed a little too graceful and it's very hard for me to believe that he can do this alone. It, it's impossible for me to believe it, truthfully. Christos Gage is credited with co-writing the first two backups in the story. One is about Electro and the other about the black cat. And both I found a lot more interesting than this white rabbit story. There's also an amazing look at part of Peter's pre-Spidey origin with just incredible art by Ramon Perez and a lead-in story to Peter David's Spidey 2099 with equally incredible art by Will Sliney who has a very different style from Perez, but I'm actually very excited for that book. I thought the it. art in this, uh, it, Will Sliney's art in this was much better than I've seen it before. It was really cool. And I looked at some of his other stuff and yeah, I mean, he seems to have come up by leaps and bounds. He looks great. All in all, I'm not really sure what I expected here. I know what I wanted. I wanted to see Peter rushing back to Mary Jane saying, you're what brought me back and it's because I love you. But instead... I got a good but kind of awkward first issue. If I was a new reader, I would probably give this a complete leave it because it's so referential to the Doc Ock story. And to Dan Slott's defense, this has to be there, but it almost feels like they're still tying up Superior Spider-Man stuff. So to call it Amazing Spider-Man- said that, yeah. Yeah, to call it Amazing Spider-Man number one, maybe I'm caught up on the numbering and I'm caught up on stuff like that, but it this doesn't feel like a good first issue to hand someone who didn't know what was going on. Truthfully, I may still be punishing this comic for the way the Superior Spidey ended, but I am giving it a buy it. Okay. It's very so you're high- not punishing it at all, really? No, I mean, just in what I'm saying about it. The little things that bothered me were more about the way that Superior Spider-Man tied up, not so much about this issue. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about them using this issue to tie up old plot threads, I agree. We talked about Superior Spider-Man 31 and right. how I thought that they needed to do a whole lot more work tying up that story yeah. in that issue, and they didn't. Yeah. And they saved it for this issue. Now, I will say that I liked this issue a whole lot more than I liked Superior Spider-Man 31. Okay. And I understand what you're no, saying. No, I, I agree. I agree. I did too. I did too. I understand what you're saying about the lead story, but I kind of viewed it as different chapters of the same story. Yes. Rather than multiple different stories. And so I no, didn't really, I didn't really right. feel like the lead story was slight. I just thought that the lead story plus the black cat story plus the electro story were all parts of the same component. Okay, I did very much like the way that the lead story ended. There's a really good cliffhanger. Well, yeah, and, and I did like and that. that. Is so, that addresses some of the points that we made about Superior Thirty One? And I like that they're going to have to address that. And yeah, I will say that I was wrong about that particular moment. We won't say what it was. Yeah, but. It's a good I liked moment. this a lot, but I agree that as a number one, it is kind of impenetrable. Yeah. Because if you hadn't been reading Superior Spider-Man oh. or at least the last story arc you of Superior would be Spider-Man. Completely lost. You won't know what's happening. So I'm giving it a buy it because I liked it. 
But you are absolutely right when you say that as a number one, as a first issue, it is not very new reader friendly. Our feelings about this one are complex. They are complex. To say the least. So if you're a new reader, if you haven't been reading Spider-Man up till now and you think, hey, number one, new chance to get back into it. Just be aware. It's not that it's bad. It's just that you might have a little catching up to do. Yeah. Just a little. (laughs) So that is a double buy it for Southern Bastards and for Amazing Spider-Man. Of course, we want to know what you redneck bastards and mentally returned. (laughs) Mentally returned. Yeah, instead of mentally retarded. See what I did there? Yeah. Ah! And mentally returned heroes thought of these comics. So once you get comfortable back in the trailer park and your own heads... Hit us with your opinions over at the This Week's Comics section of the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button at twitternerd.com. We can't stop talking about that damn thing. Forum, forum, forum. With the news that the LA Clippers were for sale, Joe and I threw our hats into the ring as potential buyers, along with Matt Damon, Oprah Winfrey, and Magic Johnson. It wasn't until Beeps, my pug, got a call from Richie Rich's dog, Dollar, that we realized, due to an accounting error, we were about $4 billion poorer than we thought. I'm not going to bore you with the complexities of our accounting system, but it seems Beeps is not an accountant at all, just a pug. So join us as we cut up our credit cards and slaughter the fictional hog we've been living so high on as we review 10 of this week's comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed, go! Flash Annual, number three, the book that broke Joe Patrick in half. (laughs) All right, so here it is. Listen to him die, folks. Here we go. The new 52 debut of Wally West is here. This is going to be good. Is he different? Yes. Here it comes. But my Wally is gone. There's no doubt about it. I've accepted it. That doesn't mean that this new character can't be great someday, too. Here comes the waterworks. (laughs) Plus, despite how it appears, he may not be all that different from the classic version after all. His lips are quivering. This was a fun story split between two timelines. Wait, what? And essential to those following the ongoing series. What? I'm admitting it. I am really enjoying the new writer so far. This is a buy it. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought you were going to die. I didn't die. Dream Police, number one from Image. Writer J. Michael Straczynski is at it again, throwing another comic against the wall to see if it sticks, or at least if it gets optioned for TV. Here, we see a fairly atypical cop story starring Joe Thursday. No, I'm not making that up. (laughs) And his partner. Only the buddy cops here patrol the dreamscape, which is a lot like any big city USA, but with a few dreamy twists like the occasional dragon run amok or misbehaving shapeshifters. The story is clever enough in true JMS style, but artist Sid Cotian and colorist Bill Farmer do not complement each other well at all. In fact, it kind of looked like they were fighting with each other. <laughs> this was well written, but it feels like an afterthought. I can't see JMS keeping up with this along with all his other new titles. I can only give it a skim. Batman Eternal number four. Four issues in and the story is shaping into something pretty fun. Commissioner Gordon is in the clink, Batgirl is on the warpath, and the cops are in cahoots with Carmine Falcone. You got the clink and cahoots in one sentence. I Boom. love it. <laughs> How do we not get nominated for a podcast award? I know, really? <laughs> Plus, things are looking pretty grim for our new old pal, Stephanie Brown. Again, my Stephanie is dead. New this old is a new pal. character yep. with an old name. Yep. Deal with it. This issue had some very awkward looking art. By the usually excellent Dustin Nguyen. It was strange. But otherwise, I enjoyed it. I'm giving it a buy it. The art was not good. Again, complicated relationship with Batman Eternal. Yeah, I, I but I like the story, so I'm giving it a buy it. Okay. V-Wars number one from IDW. Writer Jonathan Mayberry tells the story of what happens when humans and vampires try to live together, which, of course, doesn't go well and results in a human versus vampire war. The story... Much like World War Z follows a doctor slash scientist trying to get to the bottom of the viral mystery that caused the vampirism, Luther, the scientist, is developed well enough, but kind of seems like the only character we could root for because he was surrounded by evil human and crazed vampire stereotypes. Alan Robinson's art is solid, but not like standout great. This felt a lot like a lot of other comics I've read, (coughs) Walking Dead, (coughs) The Strain, etc., but... 
It wasn't bad. The only thing I was missing was a review from my man, Joe Patrick, which I thought was going to be in this book. What the IDW? Come on, you guys. Skip it. Calm down. I liked it. Forever Evil, Batman vs. Bane. One shot from DC. Pete Tomasi and Scott Eaton deliver this unnecessary one shot showing Batman taking Gotham back from Bane in a 10-page fight scene following 10 pages of Bane walking around in a fur coat a la Tom Hardy. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm sure readers of Forever Evil Arkham War, I guess, I don't know, they doesn't say, will get more out of this than I did, but I'm giving this a leave it. It was dumb. Who cares? I like both those guys, too. I know, really. Star Wars Rebel Heist number one from Dark Horse. Matt Kent of Mind Migment fame writes this mini that follows a new recruit to the Rebel Alliance as he comes face to face with the legendary Han Solo. Kent takes an interesting approach to the narrative by never actually showing the main narrator's face. And instead, he kind of tries to put the reader directly in their shoes, which threw me a little bit at first. But by the end, I was totally hooked. That guy, he might be the smartest dude writing comics right now. I really like this. I'm giving a bias. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying it was just okay. Ah, see, I thought it was pretty cool and just the experiment that he's doing. All right. But then again, I'm also very sad because all this stuff is going away and it feels like Dark Horse is just kind of spinning their wheels with Star Look, a Wars. Good, a good story is a good story. <laughs> Who cares where But it a good goes. story is a good story, so buy it. Vertigo Quarterly, number one, Cyan. Cyan. The color. The, yes. It's kind of blue. It's blue. It's yeah. it's exactly blue. Kind of blue. It's exactly blue. You heard it here, folks. Kind of blue. <laughs> this is the first issue in a new series of quarterly, like it says, anthologies from Vertigo based on the CMYK color printing process for print. It's definitely jam-packed with content, but none of the stories really jumped out at me as exceptional. I was expecting, you know, out of the seven or eight stories, for two or three of them to be like, Oh, awesome. But nope, they were all just kind of, eh. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Across the board. If you like your anthologies, one note and mediocre, then this is the comic for you. And, and they're all totally different. There's horror, there's sci-fi, there's drama. It's all over the place, and I liked it, and there's this kind of blue theme to everything, and that part is fun. Okay. So certainly there's some good work here, but at $7.99 for a read that's just so-so, it, it doesn't quite cut it. I mean, it's thick. It's $7.99 because it's thick. Better be. But as with all anthologies, your mileage may vary. Right on. Skim it. Rye, number one, from Valiant. Speaking of Matt Kent, here he's reviving Valiant's Rye and doing a f***ing amazing job of it. Clayton Crane is on our duties here, and together they weave a huge time-spanning plot that had me hooked by page three. This is more very very high quality Valiant storytelling and I cannot give this a bigger buy it man they're doing such a great job with a character that it, like I never gave a crap about here this is really really cool comic books I wonder if they're going to tie it into Bloodshot this is really really cool comic booking I would assume so I don't know but so far wow great first issue out of the park good job guys Atomic Robo Knights of the Golden Circle number one from Red 5. It's been far too long since I checked in with Robo. I'm a couple of minis behind on his story. It doesn't matter. A brief recap on the first page tells you everything you need to know to enjoy this tale of Robo stuck in the Old West, trying not to f*** up the timeline. <laughs> it's wonderful, it's hilarious, and it's got great art. If you aren't reading Atomic Robo, you're really missing out. I'm way behind, and I really regret it. I need to go back and catch up. Huge buy it. Dexter's Laboratory number one from IDW. IDW is kicking so much ass with these Cartoon Network properties. I love Dexter's Laboratory as a cartoon. I love that it is back as a comic book. And I love that writer Derek Friedolfs has boiled this down into a perfect, perfect rendition of the Dexter's Laboratory cartoon. This was just a ton of fun. It's everything you expect if you've ever saw the show. If you didn't see the show, you will still love it. If you have kids, introduce them to Dexter here and then show them the show. This was just completely great. But was there a Dial M for Monkey backup story? Uh, there was not a Dial M for Monkey backup story, but Dial M for Monkey was there. Awesome. <laughs> it was totally great. I love this. I cannot give it a better buy it. 
Ryan Jampole is the artist. And a lot of people, I think it's easy to look at these guys and say, well, they're just mimicking someone else's art style. And, and they are. They're making it look very much like the cartoon show. I have no problem with that when it comes to something like the Powerpuff Girls or Samurai Jack, or in this case, Dexter's Laboratory. This is a huge buy it. Loved it. Awesome. That is your ludicrous speed round and brain. Boom! Is the sound of yet another experiment thwarted by Dexter's sister, Dee Dee, as seen in the pages of this week's Dexter's Laboratory, number one. As I'm sure you've heard by now, earlier this week, an audio tape, an illegally created audio tape, I'd like to add, an illegally created audio tape created by Matt's mistress Jocasta surfaced of Matt making some, uh, shall we say, questionable comments about LARPers. I can't believe we're still talking about that. And on how Matt feels about his wife associating with said LARPers. Now that the internet and LARPing fans everywhere are demanding that Matt and I sell our interest in the Omaha Executioners, the live-action role-playing team we bought two years ago with donations. We haven't seen a dime from those THN assholes, by the donations. Way. <laughs> We've barred ourselves in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to discuss our options and what we'll be reading next week with our lawyers, Ryan Forrest, Matt Murdock, and yes, the sensational She-Hulk. Matt Bomb, what do you have to say for yourself? And what will you be reading next week? As for my pick for next week, I'm going to be reading The Woods from Boom, written by James Tinian IV, with art by Mikhail Dialnas. D-I-A-L-Y. Dialinus? Dialinus. Huh? Dialinus. Dialinus. Here's your solicit. On October 16th, 2013, 437 students, 52 teachers, and 24 additional staff from Bay Point, Preparatory High School in suburban Milwaukee, Wisconsin, vanished without a trace. Countless light years away, far outside the bounds of the charted universe, 513 people find themselves in the middle of an ancient primordial wilderness. Where are they? Why are they there? The answers will prove stranger than anyone could possibly imagine. This was the first creator-owned title from James Tinney and the Fourth who Joe and I both very much liked on Talon. I'm curious to see what it was about. I heard good things about it. It was very hard to find. I think it was a very small press. I'm glad Boom is printing this. Oh, is it a reprint? Yeah, it's oh, a reprint. I did not know that. Joe, what are you? My pick for next week is Cyclops number one. Though there are, quote unquote, bigger books coming out next week. There's some big event books coming out next week. There is. I, I, I can't help it. I am excited for Cyclops from Marvel Comics. Written by Greg Rucka, with art by Russell Dowderman. This is Greg Rucka's return to superhero comics. And yeah, yeah, I love Greg Rucka's indie work just as much as the next Keith Silva. But I also love it when Greg Rucka comes into a bigger sandbox and shows everyone how it's done. This is Young Cyclops, out in space. Here's your solicit. Cyclops just discovered that the father he thought died long ago is alive and well and a space pirate! <laughs> Spitting directly out of all new X-Men comes the first ongoing solo series for one of the time-traveling original X-Men. After the events of, quote, Trial of Jean Grey, end quote, Scott Summers stays in space to learn some valuable lessons from his dad. One, how to shave. Two, how to talk to girls. And three, how to steal a Badoon spaceship. hey -o. I love Corsair. I, I do too. I'm glad that he's back. I am too. And I'll be honest with you. If this book was called Corsair instead of Cyclops, it would still be my pick of the week. Nobody would buy it, but I would be in. <laughs> we got two copies sold right here. I, I, I like Cyclops, though he gets a lot of hate. Kevin Coffey, THN Love Slave, it's his favorite character. This is young Cyclops. Though. I like young Cyclops, and I love the fact that he is in space with the dad that he thought was dead. I even like dickhead Cyclops. I'm totally down. I love him. There you go. I think he's more interesting than he's ever been. There you go. Cyclops number one, Marvel Comics. I'm into it. Very excited. Tell us about the THN Trade of the Week, Joe. 
The THN Trade of the Week is the I Kill Giants 5th Anniversary Edition Trade Paperback from Image Comics, written by Joe Kelly with art by J.M. Ken Nyamura. Sorry about that, Ken. Here's your solicit, Barbara Thorson. Sorry about that, J.M. Barbara Thorson, a girl battling monsters both real and imagined, kicks butt, takes names, and faces her greatest fear. In the bittersweet coming-of-age story called Best Indie Book of 2008 by IGN, Any Cool News says, A great mini full of eccentricity, humor, and humanity that I not only highly recommend, but hope to see get some well-deserved attention come Eisner time. It came out five years ago. Everyone loved it. It's one of those amazing stories. Joe Kelly is an awesome writer. It even won some manga award, even though it's not a traditional manga. It's drawn kind of in that style. Well, he's a big deal. He's a big deal in the manga world. Yeah. I, I And you and I are manga neophytes at best. We, yeah. We're more like manga troglodytes. <laughs> if, it, if it's not President Dad, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> But listen, if you didn't read I Kill Giants when it was new, now's your chance. It is kind of an expanded edition. It's got a bunch of extra stuff in it. And it is an incredible story. We just talked about it on the Answer of the Week a couple weeks ago. Really, truly an incredible story. One of the best things I think Joe Kelly's written. I totally agree. As always, we want to know what you're looking forward to reading next week. So after you're finished defending or bashing us on the internet, head over to the THN forums and let us know. Unless you live under a rock, then you know Saturday was the 13th annual Free Comic Book Day at comic shops around the world. Free Comic Book Day was started by comic retailer Joe Field way back in 2002. About 13 years ago. When Joe and I were like five years old. As a way to promote literacy and spread the word about comics and the comic book direct market. This year, poor Joe Patrick had to work all day long, so I decided to grab my lovely wife, Casey Baum, and drag her along to Free Comic Book Day. Here are some snippets of our FCBD adventure. Okay, Casey and I are rolling up on Free Comic Book Day. We got some tents in the parking lot. Hi. Just bumped into Dave and Wendy of Legend Comics and Coffee. How's Free Comic Book Day rolling so far? Are we digging it? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I don't. The line was around the corner for why. like two hours. Wendy's acting like she's shy and she's got a mouthful of food. Let's make her talk. Go ahead. I love Gerda's blueberry donuts. <laughs> Beautiful out there today too. It's I mean, true. It's part of it. I right. would hope. How many people so far? What do you think? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, a line around the building for the first three yeah, hours. Yeah, a line around the building for two hours. That's so, great. I mean, at least a thousand people. I, mean, I don't know. Great. What are numbers? Like what are numbers anymore? I <laughs> math has lost all meaning. Measurements. Dave. Right. Measurements. We have had a cord of people a, a minute. And it's what's a, what are you guys doing for Free Comic Day? What's, I, what all is happening? So we had a big sale, 50% off back issues, 30% off uh, everything else, trades, hardcovers, t-shirts, toys, games. Uh, we're also uh, selling door price tickets for $5 a piece. Uh, each uh, $5 donation gets you a chance to win a Walking Dead oh, yeah, number one. pushing it on the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, Sometime guest host Dave DeMarco doesn't always listen. That's cool. Sometime guest host is a little busy. Um, what else are we doing? Uh, we have uh, some outdoor games, a sidewalk sale. What are the games? What are they doing? Uh, so there's a, a game with, like you throw bean bags with Chandler Riggs's face on them into a, in, through holes in a, in a house, and it's called Stay in the House, Carl. Uh, and then we also have uh, the Daryl uh, Zombie Crossbow Headshot Challenge. That's fun. And then we have a lollipop tree where you can buy lollipops and win tickets to Make a Wish. Yeah. Hey, so that's yeah. super fun. It is fun. All right, we're going to go inside and talk to some kids. And All right, go talk to kids. Think. Oh, and we got a face painter inside. Get your face painter. I got a face painter, too. <laughs> I already painted my face before I came. Oh, yeah. It looks good. Boy, don't I feel stupid. Welcome to Legend Comics. Maybe let's not scare the people. <laughs> I just stopped one of the Legend Comics workers. It's Hillary, right? And uh, she was doing an announcement about what's going on, and I was like, wait, hold on, let's do this live. And then she immediately got way too animated and scared me. So let's, let's just try it naturally. Welcome to Legend Comics and the Coffee for Free Comic Book Day 2014. See, now that was, like, full-on speaker voice. I, like, got chills. That was really something. Thank you. Joe Patrick's been here all day already. How's it going? 
in here. So oh far. man, I feel so good right now. Yeah? Yeah, I feel great. Yeah? You feel great? I feel really great. You look great. Thank you. You look excellent. How many Thanks. people do you think you've had through here? I don't know, like... I'm being assaulted. Like 10,000? <laughs> probably like 10,000, right? What's happening? How we do it? That's right. 10 grand, huh? That's not bad. Uh, probably about 1,000 people. About 1,000 people? higher than Dave DeMarco. Right. Great. Yeah. We got the tables all set up on the wall. We're giving away the free comics. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out. We got a bunch of No Good Loser artists over here. Look at these guys. John Bugger flipping kids off. That's perfect. We got a little artist alley they set up. Tim Mayer's here. The Tim Mayer is here. John, you know, John Bunger's here too. He's doing some sketches. He's got Wolverine. He's got a Iron Fist. Captain Universe. Captain Universe. Oh, that's a female. Yeah. Generally don't make dudes with boobs. I know. I didn't know. John Bunger, how we doing over here? Doing well. Selling a lot of uh, sketches for Make a Wish Foundation today. That's great. So all the profits going to Make a Wish. All the sketches done today. Yes. But then anybody buy my prints. That's my money. Oh, yeah. Baby needs new shoes. You got to get paid. I get it. Yeah. You got a baby. You got a baby mama. I got a baby. Good lord. <laughs> What's your most popular sketch you've been asked for? Uh, let me see. I've, I've actually got a run on Wonder Woman right now. I got to do a few of those. Nice. Um, and Deadpool's always popular. These freaking kids and their Deadpool. Good and, God. And Batman. Of course, Batman. Of course, Batman. Yeah. So and, no. And actually, yeah, two Spider-Mans today. Okay, two Spider-Man. Yeah. See, I was getting worried. I thought maybe it was indicative of a bad movie opening or something. <laughs> and they're like, done with Spider-Man. Screw that guy. Nobody likes that anymore. <laughs> the creators of the Anywhere Man are here. We uh, reviewed their book and were very merciful to them on the show. <laughs> they paid us very well for a good review, and we always deliver. Mind if we talk with you guys for a minute for Two-Headed Nerd? Absolutely. How's Free Comic Book Day going so far? It's going very well. We've been having a good day. Really busy. A lot of people here and we're having a great time. Are you, are you doing sketches, selling stuff? What, what are we doing? Tim is doing sketches. I've been doing a few writing commissions. Oh, you're, no, yeah. you're just one of those lazy writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I know what it's like. Yeah, I could do a sketch, but... How does it feel to have no artistic ability whatsoever? Feels fantastic. <laughs> Feels fantastic. So we talked to Jeff, your writing partner on the Anywhere Man. How's him doing today? What do you think? How are your hands? I can't feel anything. <laughs> feel anything? How many sketches do you think you've done so far? Uh, around two to three thousand. Two to three thousand? Oh, not that many. A lot, though. <laughs> A it's lot. been great. People have been very generous. What's the most popular uh, asked for sketch today? Is it Spider-Man because of the movie? Deadpool. Definitely Deadpool. What is wrong with these kids? <laughs> Good God, Deadpool. Deadpool? This is what they're growing up with? Good lord. All right, get back to work, you two. Okay, what do we got going on over here? Um, a... Don't be freaked out. This is for the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. It's like, <laughs> oh, um, we have uh, our, pro our new project, uh, Midwinter. It's a science fiction fantasy comic. Very cool. And you guys, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Mark Majewski. I'm the editor. Um... <laughs> Uh, her name is Kayla Swain, uh, and she is the lead artist. And I thought she was freaking out because she was nervous. Like, oh god, oh god. She's like, no, my voice is going out. <laughs> very cool. This is very cool. This looks oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, it looks very good. Are they for sales? Are we? Yep. How much are they? Uh, Five dollars a piece. Five dollars. Well, I better buy one. I don't want to be a jackass. <laughs> I'm actually giving them money. You jerks. Okay, so that's midwinter, and you guys are from Omaha. Yes, we're locals here from Omaha. Both of us born and raised. Right, and you did all this yourselves. Um, yeah. And you've got your own studio. What is it? It's Revision Studio. Uh, our studio is Revision Studios. It's um, find you, and can we, can we find you on the web and stuff? Yep. Uh, plug w yourself. Come on, plug it. Yeah. <laughs> we got like thirteen listeners. Okay. <laughs> www.midwintercomic.com. All right, and we'll read it. We'll talk about it on the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Keith Binder is here, ringing people up like a crazy man. How's it going so far today? Excellent. You don't have to lean over that far. The mic's pretty good. Sure it is. <laughs> so uh, you guys are running a big sale, too. Everybody's buying stuff. They're not just taking free stuff. These people aren't free trolls. Look at them. They're buying things. Everybody's buying like crazy. What are you guys buying today? What are you picking up? Back issues. A lot of DC stuff right now. Captain Adam, huh? Nice. Excellent choice. Are you reading any of the new 52 stuff? Yeah, that's pretty much all right now. Yeah, what's your favorite? Um, I like action comics a lot. Action comics? Yeah. Cool choice. Cool choice. What's your name? 
Josh Lampy. Josh, I'm Matt from the Two Headed Nerd. You're gonna be on the show this week. All right. You sound really stupid. I hope that's cool. So you guys are here picking up free comics. You got a little one with you. She's got a Supergirl outfit on. We're into Supergirl. Yeah. 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 And mom's into Deadpool. Dad's in the Deadpool. Super baby. What's your favorite part of Free Comic Day? All the costumes and things to do. Yeah? Are you yeah. gonna get your face painted? Free comics. You gonna get your face painted? I wouldn't talk to me either if I were you. She's kids, I don't test well with kids. She's learning strange. Scary danger. beard, tattoos and stuff. I get it. Stranger <laughs> danger. That's good. You keep that up, all right? You just might live. So I cornered Jason, co-owner of uh, Legend Comics and Coffee. He's back here doling out raffle tickets. How's it going so far today? It's going fantastic. Yeah. It's been an amazing day. I heard you had a line around the building. Wrapped uh, halfway around the building for. Several hours. This is uh, stupid. These idiots know it's free stuff, right? Hey, it's free, huge <laughs> sale. It's a big party. It's Legend Comics and Coffee, man. How's, how's the raffle gone so far and stuff? How's the reaction been? Uh, it's going fantastic. I mean, the community has been amazing supporters of the Make a Wish fundraiser. As you know, this is our third annual. Listen and, to this guy. You sound like a politician. Jesus. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is It is our third annual, and I, I have zero complaints. The community has been amazing in supporting us. So, what is the prize? The prize right now is still just a Walking Dead number walking one. Walking Dead number one. One CGC 9.6, so which sells for like seventy-five thousand dollars, right? <laughs> We've got about a forty-three hundred dollar value on that. So. That's that's hot. That is uh, the most in-demand book around right All now. Right. Well, remember uh, which ticket is mine, and we'll talk later. <laughs> I appreciate. I think it. I lost that one, Matt. Are you even eligible? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm not even an employee. I'm not eligible. It's crap. Christopher the Barista is here, and he's uh, bagging up people's comics for him. Chris, how is Free Comic Book Day going so far? Free Comic Book Day is amazing. It's amazing. Amazing, and nobody paid him to say this. <laughs> yeah, no one. Yeah, no one at all. Yeah, guys, you should see Chris. He's got an afro about the size of my beard. It's really <laughs> impressive. Keep up the good work. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through the free comic book day line now with instant reactions from my wife, Miss Casey Baum, the writer of Girl Meets Nerd, who never, ever writes it. So we have Far From Wonder, Volume 1, had her M, and it looks like he kills people with a top hat. Sort of. Dumb. So it's uh, it's sort of an, a tough Alice in Wonderland thing. He's the Mad Hatter. Oh, Grim Fairy Tales? What's fairy tale is this? <laughs> this is not a fairy tale. <laughs> That's exactly the fairy tale I think you're thinking of. Holy crap. Yeah. What is this? Uh, it's a whole thing. And we, and what, don't call it we make fun fairy of it on tale. the show sometimes. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> Black Sky. Project Black Sky. Captain Midnight and Brain Boy. No. It's kind of a dark horse thing. It's sort of a, okay, she's done. <laughs> Hello Kitty and Friends. Adorable. Oh, That's course. super cute. Look at all the colors. For the little ones. Love it. The Tick. I'm all about that. Everybody loves the That's tick. really cool. Heavy into that. I'm, in fact, I'm taking a free tick comic. Raising a reader how comics and graphic novels can help your kids. Done. <laughs> Uh, this is not a comic. That's an Overstreet Marketplace. They are a comic guide. Completely outdated. Future's End with looks like zombie Batman and Wonder Woman. It is the beginning of the new weekly DC thing. Zombies over it. I don't think they're zombies. I think they're being controlled by robots. Dumb. Mega Man X. That looks like a Japanese like anime thing. That's Mega Man. On the that's, pages of, uh, that's fun. Right uh, this is adorable. Teen Titans, Titans Go. go. Hey, look dudes. at him. He's like living in a pizza. This is a pizza ocean. No, that's Beast Boy and I think they're fighting a pizza monster. All in. <laughs> I would eat the sh out of that guy. My wife is cussing in front of the little kid that's in line behind us. That's good. Okay, so this says it's Bongo Comics, but why is it a Simpsons comic? Bongo Comics puts out all the Simpsons comics. Why don't they just call it Simpsons Comics? Uh, they've but, always, because this is all the Simpsons comics. There's a bunch uh, of different ones. I'd read it. I like the Simpsons. Okay. Avatar, The Last Airbender, no. It's kind of lame, fake manga yeah. stuff that Dave is into. Um, way to go. <laughs> no offense to you know, any Avatar oh, fans. Oh, Rocket Raccoon, he's a guardian of the galaxy. He has his own book. Well, he has his own book coming. This is a preview of that Oh, book. he's sassy, right? He is, in fact, sassy. Oh, I like that. Oh, speaking of them, did I review a Guardians of the Galaxy you comic did. book? You did. You said oh, it was completely I unintelligible it. I and hated it. questionably gay, as I recall. <laughs> well, yes. Look at it. Very cool. This is really cool. A hardback yeah. mouse guard. Take one of those. I this need that. This is really cool. Yep. We love mouse guard on the show. This Atomic is... Robo, we're big fans of that what on the show, too. What is this thing? Is this like a... Um, uh, a rock monster. man? Is the monster that he's fighting? I don't know. Is he made of rocks? Are they made? They're at. What is well, this? He's a robot, and that appears to be some kind of rock monster. Transformers.
Transformers versus G.I. Joe. One of my favorite Man, artists on the cover, that. Tom Scioli. That's totally rad. Like, this is super 80s. Heavy into Love that art. Oh, that's adorable. Top Shelf Kids Club. Look yep. at the little vampire. That's cute stuff. I have no desire. Street Fighter for the little dudes. That's for little dudes. That is not for little dudes. Sure, sure. All right. Oh, here. We're going to put that in there, too, please. Thank you, little little dude. What's your favorite part of Free Comic Book Day? Free comics. Free comics. What, what specifically? Which ones? Thank you. Uh, like, what are you into? What's your favorite stuff? Like Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. Good answer. Sonic. You into Sonic? Kind of. This kid behind me is into Sonic, but he was too terrified to tell me. I think it's because I look weird with my beard, and I don't test well with little kids. <laughs> Probably. What can you do, right? So we're rolling up on the tents outside here. They've got. My favorite tent, the Bargain Comics tent. This is a place where uh, Aaron Myers is probably somewhere in California at a similar tent, breaking his bank on Quarter Comics right now. Hey, what's up? I'm not going to use your last name for <laughs> anonymity purposes. Are you here with my friend Megan? I'm embarrassed. She's a respectable pillar of the community with actual children and a real job. So what are we doing here today? Well, we um, we came last year and got all of our comic books, and um, we've been reading those all year long because... Uh, You're too cheap to buy new ones. Something like that. And That's so cool. now cool. we are getting all new ones. We're pretty stoked. Fun. And what are we into? What are the little guys into? Um, You've got like nine now, right? Uh, two. Two. Um, okay, sorry. Big boys into uh, Walking Dead, actually, which Whoa. I don't know what kind of parent that makes me. Well, uh, questionable. <laughs> I, you know, I'm into it, though. I mean, you know. Hey, I grew up on horror comics. I'm fine. Look at you. You're doing just great. <laughs> he, likes, he likes anything that um, is shaped with comic book pictures, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, so just paneled anything artwork. Paneled. He's yep. into it. Yep. He cool. loves it. So, yeah. so you give him like a brochure on like long-term hedge fund management or something and maybe he'll put it in comic books he'll take yeah. care of you someday we were supposed to shoot the zombie on the head and I got two headshots you got you got a zombie in the head twice you're saving your mom's life zombie apocalypse it's totally badass yeah see that's how these kids reading. are freaked out you know, reading this does what, to you this is what reading does to you <laughs> teach you how to shoot zombies in the head thank god for comic books I'm free As you can tell, Casey and I had a rockin' good free comic book day at Legend Comics and Coffee. They raised a ton of money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and gave away a bunch of free comics to kids and adults alike. We want to hear what went on at your local comic book store, so head over to the THN forums and tell us all about your free comic book day weekend. Sort of break it, break it down like this. And that's it for the free comic book day episode of THN. You may notice a distinct lack of Joe Patrick in this outro, and that's because I erased a big chunk of it while I was editing that award-winning free comic book day segment. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, huh? Right? If you like free comic book day so much that you steal your comics all year round, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or tune in where we still need your iTunes star ratings and reviews, your Stitcher thumbs up, or a tune-in heart because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. Thanks to all our donors, and if you'd like to help us buy accounting software easy enough for a pug to use, you can make your donation in any amount using our fun-to-push PayPal button at twoheadednerd.com. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation monthly box, and as little as $1 a month seriously helps us, you guys. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, and our Ziggurat hotline 402-819-4894. Using this overflowing cornucopia of resources, you can beg the comic pushers for reading suggestions. You can hit us with your Ask a Nerd comic questions or trivia challenges, or you can ask us to review your self-published comic, be it printed, digital, wood-stamped, soap-carved, whatever! Oh, soap-carved, I like that. <laughs> huh? And don't forget to go sign up for the THN forums. We talk about them all the goddamn time because this is your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show right about that time that you were so drunk you didn't realize you were using crack cocaine or just rap about comics, man. Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page and watch the forums. The aforementioned forums. The if aforementioned. The <laughs> aforementioned. It's aforementioned. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. The A for aforementioned forums if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-Headed Nerd Answer of the Week podcast. If you already subscribe to this show, you've done it. 
It will just magically appear in your feed whenever we post it. Sometimes we don't post it, um, and I'm sorry about that. But if you need more THN in your life, get over to TwoHeadedNerd.com right now and check out the ever-controversial Ludicrous Speed Reviews by Aaron Myers. They're not for everybody. They really They're not for the faint of heart. They are not for the faint of heart, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Web comics to go-go by John Luttrell. Saturday morning cartoons by The Credible Hulk, who is also, rumor has it, going to hit us with a Spider-Man 2 review. We'll see what he thinks. Uh-oh. And coming soon, the return of graphic content, the monthly column by our friend Darren Jensen that is way, way, way too intelligent to be hosted yeah. on our website. It's heady stuff, man. Real heady. Wowzers. A few more dick and fart jokes in there would really appeal to our demographic. Yeah, you are really going to give people the wrong idea. <laughs> Next week, we're playing Ask a Nerd on the show, so shoot us your questions or a comic book trivia challenge for Jumpin' Joe Patrick. Our weekly shout-out this week goes to everyone that donated to the Legend Make-A-Wish fundraiser. Word to all of yous, and until next time, true believers. Remember to pre-order your comics, most notably Nailbiter from Image by ghosted writer Joshua Williamson. It looks really, really, really cool because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. If you do, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Jumanji. Jumanji. <laughs> 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 <laughs>